Good morning. We are live on Forging the Falcons on our regularly scheduled Monday mornings following a Falcons Sunday win over the 49ers to even the record at 3-3. Three and three. I am Scott Kennedy, your host in Atlanta. I'm joined by Nick Kendall from Seattle, so we are coast-to-coast coast in our coverage. Nick, how are you doing this morning, my friend? Hey, doing pretty well. Uh, feeling pretty good. Excited for the week ahead. Uh, we just, again, what does Scott and Nick do? Two normal, basic white guys. Talk the weather uh, before we get going. We had the 88 degree day in Seattle yesterday, which broke the uh, former high, which was 72 on this day uh, previously, which is significant. So uh, a little creepy, scary times out here, but uh, we have weather, cold weather and rain on the way. And we've got the desert variants going on here where it's 40 in the morning and 85 in the, in the afternoons. So it's uh but, uh, but a good weekend and a great, great win for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Want to say good morning to some folks who have come in. A.E. says he's first. Uh, Dave has come in on uh, on YouTube. Aiden says, good morning. This team is good, and it has me excited. Uh, Terry Ocean Boy Martin coming in. He is all red with the exclamation points today. And Michael coming in. He says, hey, my guy Troy Anderson is a beast. Michael, he is a beast. He had some uh, he had some rookie moments we can talk about a little bit, but that's okay. I uh, I'm I'm willing to take some of the rookie mistakes to have the upside and athleticism and the the jump going up through that direction. Terry says three and three through six games could easily be four and two, could easily be five and one, um, and then you flip it around, it could easily be two and five. Uh, you know, there's there's some we play in those close games, but as I said over the summer as I was preaching doom and gloom with this team because of the lack of ability to address some of the uh, problems on the lines of scrimmage, I think that Arthur Smith is doing a fantastic job and the record might not reflect it this year. My fears about that, Nick, are gone. They're, yeah. they're, pretty, they're pretty much gone. Uh, if you don't realize what a good coach Arthur Smith is right now to have this team three and three and competitive in every single game, then that's on you and you're going to be in the minority because Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot are working wonders with this team to have them at three and three with a hundred million dollars of payroll. Yeah. 28 points against the, this 49ers defense, which before yesterday, I mean, that might be the biggest total they've given up this season. Uh, they've been called one of the best units in the NFL and the Falcons made it not look easy. Um, there are some numbers here that uh, reflect the Bronx, uh, the Falcons, excuse me, playing maybe not replicable uh, football, you know, winning the turnover battle three to zero, nine for 14 on th- third downs. Uh, t- typically things that, you know, will regress more to the mean, uh, even if you are better in those areas than other teams. But uh, really good win, good team. And uh, got to say, you know, the the calls for Arthur Smith, you know, not that there were really any, but uh, they have t- tampered down some. I think also maybe the calls for Desmond Ritter uh, should maybe be quiet as well. I mean, not that Marcus Mariota had a incredible game, uh, but I mean, it was pretty damn good. 13 for 14, the rushing ability took a couple sacks where it was close. Maybe it could have been a little bit better, uh, but about as good of a game as you could, could have possibly hoped considering the limitations. And man, I really, I, I've said it before, but the, the design of this scheme, uh, how they're running it right now is, is awesome. And I can't wait for Cordell Patterson to get back in there. Yeah, I wanna I wanna show a play. It was the second play of the game, and uh, anybody that's watched this, <clears throat> you should probably know. What have I said right now? Who is the, the liability on the offensive line of the five across the front? It's the center. 
It's a center. Dalman a little Dalman. bit. I said head up against the 300 pound, 300 plus guy. I think he's, he's getting pushed back a little too much. Uh, Caleb McGarry has been terrific. Uh, and, and Eli Wilkinson has been an absolute revelation at guard. Uh, as far as the upgrade that you got from Jalen Mayfield, who was arguably the worst offensive lineman in the NFL last year. And I, someone's got to be the worst. And he was pass from his pass grade on pro football focus. He was the worst. Um, but I want you to watch this play. It'll start up immediately because uh, I had to restart my computer before we started here. Um, but it was the second play of the game. And I'm going to pause it here real quick. Okay, so if you look at this play, second play of the game, it's second and eight, as you can tell. Um, lined up, it's a double tight, double tight front, single setback. And I want you to watch Drew Dahlman at center because what we said is he has a, a tendency. This this play for me basically epitomizes the good and the bad, but it wasn't ugly. It was a good play um, of the Falcons' offensive line. So on the snap, you see Dalman's immediately back three, four, you know, from the line of scrimmage. He's immediately back. His back foot is three and a half yards behind the line of scrimmage. That takes what is supposed to be a stretch play off tackle, and it makes Tyler Algier push wide left much sooner than he wants to. Uh, but that's okay. He's still engaged. So, you know, he's not just getting beat. He's still in front of his guy, but he's getting pushed back. Now, I want you to do the same thing, and I want you to watch – the left guard right next to him get a free run. Would you say Fred Warner's a pretty good, pretty good linebacker in this league? Oh, probably the best. If it's not him, it's Micah Parsons, but they're like the opposite ends <laughs> of the spectrum. You know, it's Itro Suzuki versus Barry Bonds or something. Yeah. Watch, watch. Yeah, different types. Yeah. Watch what Eli Wilkinson, second play of the game, does to Fred Warner as he gets a free run to the second level. Ugh. that's that's pushing him back and and i don't care how good a linebacker is if you get a 300 pounder with good feet uh a, a free run and squares him up your linebacker's in trouble uh but for me that play and to be fair this was the second play of the game because i watch this as i'm watching this i'm like this is the play that i just want to show basically this 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 is it um this is how close this line is to becoming el- just absolutely elite because Eli Wilkinson and Kayla McGarry have stepped their games up so much. Now, again, one of my concerns is head up right there. Boom. Okay, you see Tyler Algier has to bounce it out. But but then Eli Wilkinson, we didn't see any of this last year. We saw Eli Wilkins, we saw Fred Warner coming free. And as that play is then stretched to the left, it's dropped for two yards. Instead, Eli Wilkinson gets out there. Jake Matthews has his guy. You see Parker Hesse drives his guy out wide. Um, Kyle Pitts has done a good job blocking. He didn't have a whole lot to do here, but he helps shield his guy off here with Lindstrom. And 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 uh, and Eli Wilkinson just absolutely buries. Look at Matthews in the left side of that offensive line. It is an absolute thing of beauty. Um, if you're catching this on falconspodcast.com later, um, Check us out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy, and just watch that watch that play. It was, uh, to me, that play kind of epitomized the good and the bad. And to be fair, I watched I watched Dalman a lot from the rest of the game on, and he wasn't getting pushed back like that near, you know, right off the bat nearly as often. 
But yeah, no. it really is my only concern on the offensive line right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you still have, God bless you, I'm a little jealous here, all your starters from the beginning of the year still playing, where the Broncos might be out four of their five, um, which is insane. But uh, yeah, the offensive line has been playing great. I mean, Jake Matthews is fine, but that's having fine at left tackle is super fine if everybody else is performing well. Uh, so, and uh, you mentioned that Lindstrom's been amazing. Lindstrom's should be honestly knock on the door of the conversation of one of the best five guards, three guards in football uh, with how he's played this season. So it's been great. And one of my big takeaways from this game is you out 49er, the 49ers, you will come away with 150, the Falcons come away with 150 rushing yards. They hold the 49ers to 50. I mean, you don't see that type of disparity. Now I know the 49ers are really banged up. Uh, Trent Williams is out. The running backs are their third running back in or something, but still one, a 100 yard discrepancy against the 49ers where a team that they are live with the run game. Um, it's incredible. And once the 49ers can't run, what happens? Jimmy Garoppolo starts coughing up the football. So uh, really good job. And we're talking a lot about the offense with the defense. I mean, they gave up 14 points in the first 20 minutes of the game and zero after that. Phenomenal. Yeah, Phenomenal. They, they, they made a nice adjustment because the only success the 49ers were having was on the screen and the underneath game. Mm-hmm. You know, I see Terrell's name being used in vain. Uh, you know, you know, this many targets for Ayuk. One of them's a screenplay. Yeah. You know, one of them that 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 wasn't a target. You know, that was a, a screenplay to Ayuk, where you're allowed to block before the ball's even thrown. They sent out just a well-designed play. They sent the running back out in the slot. He goes for Terrell, and Troy Anderson is late getting over uh, in order to get that that under. He comes underneath as Terrell stuck out. That that's not a target on Terrell. Come on, let's be fair about this. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We shot, you know, Jay Davis coming in says we showed out yesterday. Great win. And, um, you know, I don't want to hear any excuses. You know, we knew coming in the 49ers were banged up and we're missing a lot of players. So, you know, by the end of this game, the Falcons were playing with, you know, the, their last available. I joked, I put on Twitter, they're going to need Avery Williams to switch back over and play defensive back by the time this game is over. I wasn't really, I was like, this has to be in a consideration. You know, uh, you're running out there with, uh, with Mike Ford, you know, A.J. Terrell was out. Casey Hayward looked like he hurt his shoulder fairly significantly. He'll le- I haven't seen an update on him yet as Skyline comes in. He says, uh, I hope the injuries to A.J. and Hayward are not serious or miss any games. A.J. says he's fine. It was precautionary. Uh, it's, a, it's a long, so, you know, which I'm okay with. Uh, obviously, it helps when you get the win. <laughs> um, but I think A.J. AJ is going to be okay. And Mr. Smith comes in on YouTube. He says, when Patterson comes back, it's going to be ugly. He's going to love having that space open, isn't he? And and Jason on YouTube, he says, Marcus had a clean game. He was incredibly effective in an unconventional NFL way. You know, the efficiency and his ability to run that read option, Nick, was chef's kiss. You know, I mean, you had the 49ers in a bind with that, which does not happen pretty often with that front seven. So a really great game from Marcus Mariota. I've been impressed. Honestly, this thought creeped in my head yesterday. And I haven't been able to get rid of it. And it makes me a little guilty to even think it or utter it out loud. But like, would the Broncos be in a far better position if they just would have signed Marcus Mariota to a two-year deal with how he's playing right now? Keep kept all the assets and, you know, revitalize that guy with some athleticism there. I mean, he's been playing great football. Um, The Kyle Pitts touchdown too was, you know, we're talking a lot about his athleticism and the ability as an extension of the run game, which was great. But that was his 
third or fourth read uh, to get to that Kyle Pitts one. And he delivered a bullet in the red zone, red zone touchdown to a tight end, man, two of them in this game. Talk about uh, getting some monkeys off your back, but great game for Mariota. Great game from the team overall. Brandon, I, you had a good one. Maybe there's some not incredible tackling uh, from the defense, which I mean, you're talking about Debo Samuel and Brandon, Ayuk. that's what those guys do. So it's not shocking. Uh, but overall, man, I don't have many critiques. Uh, on this Falcons game, I thought they had a pretty darn good game. The only one where I was like, oh, you got to be a little better there. AJ Terrell almost causing the touchback uh, after his fumble. Finish the play. Uh, my <laughs> my heart was uh, beating fast on that one because I've seen that one too many times. But uh, Well, exactly, Nick. That's actually part of my notes. I said, you know, a lucky bounce going the Falcons way, a TD for, for, for Hawkins. You know, yeah. Jalen Hawkins, Johnny on the spot. Jalen on the spot right there. But how often have we seen this Atlanta Falcons franchise have the ball just bounce this far the other way? I mean, like the game that shall not be mentioned, um, you know, there it was, you know, all you hear is one number. Well, you know, two numbers, the score. Yeah, there was probably 40 plays, literally, that not 40, but I'll say 20. If they go just if any one of those goes the other direction, it's a it's a different story. It's a different outcome. This is the kind of ball that bounces out of bounds for the Atlanta Falcons. It just does. It's just, I said, there are alpha franchises, and then there's Falcons, Detroit Lions, historically Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cardinals, you know, Seahawks. They're in that group too, where stuff just goes wrong. And the ball stayed in this time. The ball's bouncing the right direction, and you kind of make your own breaks. As, 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 as Peace said, we're going to change the daggum culture around here. You know, we're no more of this stuff, no more excuses. And that's, that's one of the things that I like about this, this Nick is I said last year, they could have done a better job of managing expectations to hell with that. They're not about managing expectations. They're about no excuses. We we're, we've got our jobs. We're going to be here. We've got the backing, no excuses, not from anybody, not from us, not from this team. And, and frankly, I love it. And maybe that's how the ball ends up bouncing the right direction. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, also do have to say no, at least we'll see what happens with Hayward, but no significant injuries so far. Sometimes who ends up being the best teams in the NFL are the ones that just, you know, they roll sixes constantly. Oh, Yahtzee on the injury front so far, knock on wood. I mean, missing Cordell Patterson. That's the the big one right now, but not really season ending. So uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in here over on YouTube. Happy belated once again, Michael. Hope you had a good birthday week saying good morning, Scott and Nick on forging the Falcons. Congratulations. The Falcons win against the 49ers. Falcons now to three and three. I feel like half the NFL is about to be three and three. Hopefully that's true after tonight, after the Broncos beat the chargers, but uh, you know, you're right in the thick of things. Tampa Bay looks extremely vulnerable. Carolina might be the worst team in football. And uh, gosh, who's the other, the saints look feisty. Maybe uh, that's one where you got to watch out there that you would, that's one game you really wish you could have back. I'm sure given what you know right now, but uh, Falcons definitely have a chance to uh, be feisty and make the playoffs this year. And uh, Roger Cook coming in. Roger hit me up on Twitter already this morning. And just a reminder to come join us, Roderick. Appreciate you being here. He says, morning, Scott Nick. I love that game. Just shows what good coaching can do. Again, you know, there, there's at the beginning of the season, the Falcons blew that game against the Saints and people like, oh, same old Falcons. I'm like, no, 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 no. That makes them seven and three and one score games. This isn't the same old Falcons. They are winning the close games. This is a good coaching staff. They make mistakes. They all do. They're going to make some mistakes and they're going to wish they had some things back, but they learn from it and get better. And the team stays behind them, which I, I really love. So good morning, Roderick. Also want to say a big shout out to Paul Jones coming in with some stars. Um, thank you very much. Help support the show. Just a reminder that the 
Number one way to, to support our show is uh, through uh, Super Chats on Facebook, on, on YouTube, and Stars on, on Facebook. So thank you, Paul, for, for getting us started like that. Um, Rich Schaefer comes in. Sounds like Broncos fans. As, uh, as concerned as you were about the Falcons before the season, they're making Bronco fans a little jealous right now. Want to swap O-lines. Rich, I said after the third week, there isn't a single uh, – you can take all your starters that are healthy. There isn't a one, not a one. And it's not even a, really a hard debate. Broncos offensive lineman, I'll trade for a Falcons lineman right now. And that is a huge, huge difference in this Falcons team right now from last year is their ability. They made, they changed centers, Drew Dahlman, and they, they, they uh, swapped out a converted journeyman right tackle to left guard who's been playing great. And as a unit, they're five steps better. They're, they're so much better as a unit. Um, I'm gonna have to find out the coach, offensive line coach's name and, and give him a shout out. I, I don't know his name. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna know because they are just playing so well. And just from a system impact, how much do you give credit to the shift of having a quarterback with some mobility? I mean, your rush lanes have to change the types of plays, the situations that you're in constantly. I mean, being able to look good as an offensive lineman on third and five is significantly different than third and 15, third and 16, which I feel like Mariota, I mean, he took two sacks in this game, but only for eight yards. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen a lot of procedural penalties. I mean, they're, they're on time. Uh, they're ahead of schedule, if anything, and that definitely helps. Not to take away from the offensive line, but situationally, they're setting themselves up to look better. It, it certainly helps. Um, you know, the, the very next play after that second and eight that I showed was a third and three, which with Mariota and the way they're running the ball and the way they're blocking for him is gives you all kinds of options. Yeah. Okay, It's not just a passing down uh, like it's been in the past. And on that third and three, the 49ers brought four. The Falcons only left five in to protect. They sent three receivers out, and they flared a running back out. So I guess it probably would have been four receivers, if I'm doing my math right. Four receivers out, and they flared the running back out into the flats. And it ended up being a nice little drag route to to Alameda Zacchaeus for a big gain. They, They left five back, and they blocked four. That wasn't happening last year. Um, you know, part of it's Bosa's out. That's a big, big difference. But the other big, big difference is Caleb McGarry's holding his water at right tackle. And um, up the middle, those guys, you know, were able to take on two defensive tackles with three guys and win. And Jake Matthews was winning his one-on-one battle on the end. Big gain. So it's uh, part of its scheme. Part of it's, you know, the maybe it's the comfort in the scheme. Part of it is, hey, I'm on one-year deals. Kayla McGarry's on a last year of his contract and Eli Wilkinson's on a one-year deal, but it's just been, uh, it, it's been mind blowing how the difference from year to year for me and how much better they're going. And Sabir Adams comes in the, the O-line coach is Dwayne Ledford. I'm going to, I'm going to have to do some, I'm going to do some research on him, see where he's gone. Um, obviously you've had some success if you're an offensive line coach in the NFL, but he's this offensive line from year to year is it's it's staggering the difference to me. It really, really is. It's the main reason I picked this team to be two and fifteen because they didn't get better on the O line. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> they did a lot better on the offensive line. Yeah, and I mean the big one is the right tackle has been playing 
positive. Now, I think on a couple plays uh, here or there, I think he was responsible for one of the sacks and whatnot, but that's that's a really good 49ers team that's also trying to make plays out there. So uh, sometimes that's going to happen. But overall, yeah, this offensive line has been clicking. Uh, some of it also just to kind of, and we got Dave coming in and saying, what specifically is Coach P is doing in the second half of games? I think they just tightened down a bit. I, I, I'll wait for the data to come out to see how the coverage, uh, the coverage has changed. It's been a primarily cover two team with a, Scott, you're going to love this, the third most simulated pressures in NFL. Uh, so far this season with how they're showing blitzes. And I think it should oh, get even name better. Name, fake blitz. You know, we, we rename all these things to sound. I said, it just sounds so pretentious. Oh, the off-ball linebacker is simulating pressure. You mean the middle linebacker is faking a blitz? You know, it depends yeah, they've been gap, doing that for 100 years. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the, not to go too far down a rabbit hole, but the the body types have changed to Tad and the responsibilities have changed to Tad. So you have edge rushers who can drop in coverage like typical the linebackers used to. And now you have linebackers who blitz with better body types for blitz. You ever heard of the so, zone blitz from the eighties? I know what that Dick, was. I know Dick that was defensive tackles dropping off the line and playing inside linebacker. Yes. This hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is there's more media trying to sound smarter than they are. That's it. You're going to give away all my secrets, Scott. Uh, <laughs> it's coach speak though. Um, I gotta say, uh, the the main person who really turned me on a uh, simulated pressures Kirby Smart knows a thing or two about defensive football, but I think it's more coach speak trick on the media is adopting it uh, versus what we used to call it. But yeah, it's, it's, what do you mean play action versus fake, fake a handoff? Blitz? Yeah, oh, I thought about fake. When every time I start hearing about simulated pressure, I start thinking of Coach Klein and the Water Boy. He fakes to the left. No, he thinks about faking to the left. That's a simulated pressure. I don't know where I am. I, I don't know where I am. Uh, well, anyway, they, Dave, I think also part of it is your your rotation. The hmm. Falcons, especially on the defensive line, last year they had one good defensive lineman, Grady Jarrett. This year they've got three and then, you know, maybe a little bit depth, but some of it's your rotation. Um, you know, if you're looking at the, the guys coming in, there's been spurts in almost every game where the the opposing offense has been able to do what they want to, and it happened in the second quarter underneath screen pass was all they had it worked you make an adjustment and then when it when it comes nut crunching time um they they've got in the the package they want nick you'll love this one of the last plays of the game uh and it may have been the last play that they the the 49ers had when they still had somewhat of a chance down to clock running down you know he was back there in coverage uh helping with a pass breakup rookie edge arnold ebiketti Who's brought in? Who you think? You know, this is what he's in for. You know, pass rush guy. He was back there in coverage, middle of the zone, and helping to break up a pass. I think it may have been intended for Samuel. I don't. I don't remember the intended target for sure. Probably was him or Kittle. But Abiketti was back there in coverage and doing it very well. It's a rookie. This is a rookie edge in a Dean P scheme. I love it. Yeah. No, rookies uh, stood out in this game. Drake London had a couple big pa- uh, couple big receptions that I recall. I remember one for sure. Uh, only, what, 13 attempts or 13 completions in this game. So not really going to be a high-volume game in that regard. But, hey, if it's working, that's great. When the offensive line is doing what they're doing, 150 rushing yards, so you're winning the turnover work, battle. But... run the ball 40 times. Yeah. I mean, if it's working, no, it's – I know all the EPAs and whatnot say uh, a lot of the advanced statistics say, you know, passing the ball is much more efficient, but I also think there's some heavy selection bias in that because 
not every single team has Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen dropping back back there, which is right. fine. Um, but when those guys are doing it, yeah, of course the pass game is going to look better. But not and then no no offense to Marcus Mariota, but sometimes less is more. And I think I saw that the Falcons so far this season are three and zero in games where Kyle Pitt or where um, Marcus Mariota has fifteen or less pass passing attempts or something like that. Like so I said, it's unconventional. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it is. It's an unconventional way to win games. But Nick, we we've talked about this before. If you're going to run out there in a base dime, I'm going to run the ball. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, it's, it, 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 the, the game is cyclical. You know, I'm running out there in a four, two, five or a base nickel with a, you know, three man front. I'm going to run. You, yeah. you get light on me. I'm just going to run. And the other player, and I want to shout out Albert Knoppers coming on Facebook. Albert, appreciate you being here. Good morning, my friend. He says, good morning, everyone. Um, I actually wrote uh, like a haiku. When I was writing, it was about Peyton Hillis. Y'all might remember Peyton Hillis. He might still be bouncing around uh, the league. But he was one of the angriest, toughest running running backs I ever saw in high school. He was just insane. I wrote a haiku like Ode to the Fullback. And uh, I, I want to write another one for Keith Smith. Keith Smith, the, you've got guys that are bailing. When Keith Smith's coming in their direction, they are bailing because he is absolutely lighting them up. The Pro Bowl still is still taking fullbacks. I'm pretty sure they are. Keith Smith, first freaking ballot. He has been so good as part of this running game as well. Love him. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's been it's been a big part of it, and he's been great. Um, but that's what I that's what I mean, Nick. Yeah, the, just yeah. the, the if you're gonna go light, I'm gonna go heavy. You know, for, for if you're if yeah. you're the defense Counter, the way things have changed, if you're if you're gearing up to stop, you're coming out there in a nickel as your base front. I'm gonna go heavy. Yeah, hundred percent. You're getting a little choppy for me, Scott. I don't know if it's me or you on that end, but uh, yeah, the, almost with how this team is set up right now, I know it's typically you know I'd be highly against it, but the way this offense is set up, not really a high volume passing offense. We keep screaming. I kept screaming about you know adding another wide receiver option. Mm-hmm. This is an offense right now that's playing more max protect than any team in football with longer developing routes. And it works because the team's running the ball so efficiently that those play action max protect looks are getting guys open. When you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London running those routes, no problem. Um, <laughs> but uh, My question would be, what do you think about maybe a big splash at the uh, the running back position this offseason? Just how I know pain running backs is scary, but if you can get one like on the Melvin Gordon special like the Broncos got two years ago, it's just a two year deal. Uh, and you can pay him higher money up front. You can have a lot of cash. I mean, I'm thinking about plugging in a top five running back into this offense. And what do you do then? I mean, God, I know it's, it's, and it's scary to think about, but this is a really good running back free agent class coming up and people don't want to pay these guys. So it's almost like you can take advantage of the market a bit, but you, you were also showing I can be effective with a guy coming off the practice squad, you know, and, 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 and Huntley. So I, I think for me, I'd probably, want to add another one if i'm looking at offense the piece that i would want to get right now is is, i think you're right your gut reaction was right the first time the wide receiver probably want to go a wide receiver that said i gotta sew up right tackle you know that's where you know um i i I can get another guard i feel like drew dolman's in his second year hopefully he'll keep improving you know Mm -hmm. i'm sitting here i've said for several weeks i think he is i hate to say weak link but he is the if there's He's not as good as the other four around him, and mm-hmm. that's okay. He's a second-year guy, first-year starter. Keep improving, kid. Yeah. Um, 
and you've got a one-year deal on left guard, and you got a one-year deal at right tackle. I'm almost to the point. Let's 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 any up and and get Caleb McGarry. You know, three years, four years, and and sew that up. And you need another wide receiver. Uh, Drake London's a beast. He really is. Uh, you throw him, he's open. He knows how to use his body. He's got super long reach and hands like vice mitts. Um, that he's really good. That will help open things up for Kyle Pitts. Uh, Alameda Zacchaeus is a good three, wide receiver three. They need a, a wide receiver two. And I don't really want to hear about Calvin Ridley. He doesn't fit with this team. He's just, yeah. it's not going to happen. I'll, yeah. I'll be happy when he comes and gets a thousand yards receiving and is playing for this team again. I'll eat my words on that, but I don't think I'm going to have to. Yeah. I mean, the area where it makes sense to probably invest uh, capital is still the defense, even though they're playing well. you know, this is still a defense that could use some horses mm-hmm. on all th- more horses in depth on all three levels. So uh, right. that makes you sense. You help at edge. You need another defensive lineman. You need another corner. Casey Hayward is, you know, he's a, he's a short term deal. Yeah. Um, you need to Isaiah Oliver played great. Shout out to Heck Isaiah yeah. Oliver. Yeah, he did. Played, played really well. His first yeah. game back really physical in the slot. Um, I love, I love him in the slot. Good to have him back real quick. Cause we've got just a couple more minutes and we got to get out of here. Is this a, is this a playoff team? Um, running through, you know, running through They're three and three. Uh, they survived. Uh, we were talking Seahawks, Browns, Buccaneers, Rams, Saints. The early part of the schedule was tough. Three and three. Okay. We got at Bengals, Panthers, Chargers, Panthers, Bears, Commanders, Steelers, Saints coming up. There's not a, the, the, every one of those games is winnable. You know, how many games did I just mention? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, four and three, five and two is not out of the freaking question. I mean, this is a team that the schedule doesn't look too tough right now. I mean, you get to go. This might be a cop-out, but if the Falcons can go into Cincinnati next week and beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, I'm going to say yes. Uh, but if they come in that game, it's it's a toss-up to me because while the Falcons have played above expectation for me, the two of the games they've lost to have actually been teams that look like they've regressed tremendously uh, right. this season. Tampa Bay looks not very good uh, mm-hmm. so far. I mean, losing to Pittsburgh, who got absolutely defecated on by the Bills the week before. I mean, that's sorry to be graphic, but I mean, it was that was a horrible showing and then they they get beat by the then they get beat by pittsburgh i mean i don't even the way the saints game hurt you know giving that game away hurt uh but the Bengals don't look as good as they did at the end of last year um you got the saints again you're gonna feel like you can beat the saints and frankly you feel like you should sweep the panthers yep you're gonna have the buccaneers at home the commanders and steelers uh cardinals ravens ravens i mean this is a you're three and three that's 11 games left yep so Seven and four probably puts you in the playoffs. That'd be 10 it's, wins. And you got those two games coming up against the, you got the Bears and the Panthers. I mean, God, talk about this, the football gods smiling upon you. Now, obviously, you have to play the game. You yep. play to win the game, and there's no guarantees. But uh, this is definitely a chance for this team. And yeah, Mark, Mark Turner saying this team gets better every game. I will say one thing also, you know, you're really riding the high right now. There's going to be some game coming up this season where it's like, oh my God this is the worst team ever. What happened? We've regressed. We're horrible. <laughs> it does. It, it matches like fights. Yep. I agree. Exactly. But I do like, uh, like I said, I think this team is really together as a team and they're going to fight you. They're going to be in every single game. They are going to fight you. They're not going to win all of them. They can win. They're in a team that on this, that can't beat them, but there's Panthers. not a team that I feel like that's left that they can't beat. 
you know, if, if things are going their way and whatnot. So that's a good place to be in, especially as I set the expectations, you know, down below ground level. You know, like yeah. I said, I said two and 15. Happy to eat those words. I love the way the def- the, the offensive and defensive lines are playing. And that, those were my biggest concerns. Yeah. Huge improvements. Abdullah Anderson, Taquan Graham, speaking of most improved, I'd go Kayla McGarry, Taquan Graham as offensive and defensive most improved. And then from a position standpoint, your most improved position is left guard. You went from maybe the worst to getting plus at left guard. Good thing. Kind of drives me nuts because I was screaming for the Broncos to move Elijah Wilkinson full-time to guard for years <laughs> when he was here, just because he didn't have the foot speed for the right tackle position against speed rushers. But uh, glad to see he's uh, landing and sticking on and doing well. He is doing doing really well. Very, very pleased. And when he was out, Colby Gossett did a good job there. So yeah. again, uh, we we mentioned uh, Sabir came in and, and 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 had his name for me, Dwayne Ledford. I'm going to do a little bit more research and we'll, we're going to, we're going to gas him up some. So we're going to get out of here. We'll be back on Wednesday morning on uh, our regularly scheduled nine o'clock time. So looking forward to seeing you. Thanks for stopping in everybody. I hope uh, you have liked what you've seen with this team. I think you probably, uh, probably are pretty happy with, with what you're seeing and, and goodness gracious. I'm looking forward to Terry Fontenot having a full off season, a real off season, where he's not sharp shopping in veteran, uh, you know, minimum contracts to try and fill holes. He can go out there and and be very very selective um, with with some players, and it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, great team. Been enjoying these Falcons games much more uh, than the Bronco games. So uh, glad to be here um, and riding that win streak right now. The three and three. I mean, mm-hmm. schedules schedule sets nicely. Why not? I mean, why not this year? Right. Absolutely. So we appreciate everybody being here and uh, just want to say, give us a like, a subscribe and a share on the way out and we'll see you next time.